Turn to Matthew chapter 2. Looking over my notes the other day, <clears throat> it's hard to believe the last time I tried to speak from this text was six years ago. Hard to believe how time flies. But I want us to begin in verse 1 of chapter 2 of Matthew. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there come wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we are come to worship him. <clears throat> when the Herod the king had heard these things, now what I caught my attention was he was troubled. And all Jerusalem was troubled with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judah, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princesses of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Here we have an account of these men who've come from a place we do not know. We just know it's from the east. We don't know really a lot about them. They could, they're called magi, or here they're called wise men. They may have studied the stars. We, we really don't know. And now that really is not important. We don't know where they came from, how many they were, but we know they came. And why did they come? Because God drew them. Them. We know that they were from the east, the east. Now, there's a lot of land in the east. Let me read you a couple of things. Who, who was from the east? Well, that's where Abraham was when God called him. And when he sent Jacob back to Laban's house to find a bride, it says, And Jacob went on his journey, and he came to the land of the people of the east. And do you know, after Abraham and Sarah had Isaac, 
when Sarah died, Abraham had several more children. He had a, it was called a concubine, and but he gave everything, and that's found in Genesis 25, verses 5 and 6, and Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac. Isaac's the heir. But unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Abraham gave, and now he gave them gifts, and he sent them away from Isaac his son, while he yet lived eastward unto the, within, unto the east country. You know where he sent them? To the east. What well, I want you to see, if they were Abraham's children, he taught them about God. They were taught. You know where Job was from? He's the richest man in the east. Oh, you think these, these men, they live in... These are pictures of Gentiles coming. They live in a pagan land. And they said, we have seen his star. Now, how did they know it was his star? We don't know. But God some way made it manifest unto them that there is a king that is born in Israel. And what this whole book of Matthew is about, he's the king. Matthew chapter 1 deals with his genealogy beginning with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and brings it all the way down through till Christ was born. He's of the line of the tribe of Judah. He sits upon the throne of David. He's the king. He's king. There's only one king. He rules and reigns over all men. They have traveled. They saw the star. Most of the time, we, I guess we get the image that we, they saw the star and followed it all the way. No, I don't think so. They saw the star in the east. They interpret that some way, that, there's a, that this star is telling them there's a king somewhere that's born in, in Israel. Well, where do they think the king would be born? As most of us would. He, oh, he'll be born in Jerusalem. So that's why they came to Jerusalem. It's not that the, the star led them there. They saw it, and they acted upon what light God gave them. They could have come. Do you know someone said it could have took it, taken them two years to make this journey? This is not just some small journey. They're seeking a king, a king. These men studied stars, so what did God send them? A star. Like we said in the previous lesson, they used what God gave them. They looked at these things, and you think, well, how did they know? Well, the Scripture speaks of the stars that shall rise out of Jacob, and there's a king. They could have just dismissed it and stayed where they were at. Said, no, we're going to go see him. We're going to go find him. Well, they just said, well, he must be in Jerusalem. But, you know, they were mistaken, but that's where they come. They said it's his star. One is born king of the Jews. They knew he was important. And I'll say this, if God ever sends you a star... He will bring you to himself. He makes you willing in the day of his power. No man can come except the Father draw him. You mean he would draw these? Why would these men make this trip? 
They wanted to see him. Like I said, they assumed that because he's a Jewish king, he must be born in Jerusalem. So that's where they go. They're acting upon what they think they know. But they didn't just come right up to Herod, who claimed to be the king of the Jews, who had held this position for several years. He's probably close to the end of his life. He's probably about 70 years old. And he had earned the name of, Ele- I mean, of Herod the Great. No man has any right to say that he's great. The only way this man was great, he was a great big sinner. That's what he was. But what I want you to see, he didn't come, they didn't come to him. I could see him coming up and knocking on somebody's door and said, we've heard that the king of the Jews is born. And you know what they said? They asked the question they asked was, where is he? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? We don't know. We've, never, we've not even heard anybody being born king of the Jews. And eventually, word's going to get to Herod. I could see these people being afraid. If they had heard anything, they're not going to say anything. Because Herod's a ruthless man. And he won't put up with a rival king. He's not a Jew. He's an Edomite of the descendants of Esau. That's who this man is. He's, he's been appointed here king by the Roman authority. But he wanted to earn the favor of his people, of his followers. They hated him. They despised him. But they probably pretended to like him. But what he did, he built them an amphitheater. And you know what else he built them? You remember when it talks about our Lord coming out of the temple and the disciples said, look at this magnificent temple. You know who built that? Herod did. And our Lord said, not one stone's going to stand upon another, but he built it to try to earn. He's trying to earn their allegiance. That's this man, this king. He thought he was the rightful king. He may have been taught, well, if he's there, so he probably went to the synagogues. He probably pretended to be religious. And he probably knew the scriptures. And most everybody probably mentioned that one day the Christ would be born. Some were looking for him, some were not. And they said, where is he? Can you imagine when he hears this, there's a rumor going around that there's a king of the Jews that's born? And they didn't say, where might he be? They said, where is he? Where is he? Herod would have said, I'm king. And when he heard this, He and all Israel are troubled. What does it mean they were troubled? It means to shake, to stir, to agitate. They are agitated. They're not, if this is really true, this can't be true. We can't let it be true. 
They're not rejoicing, they're agitated about it. It means to upset, it means to throw into confusion. Can you imagine little children being raised and their parents said, oh, you need to bow to Herod, he's the king of the Jews. He's not. They are frightened. It has taken Herod years, years. We don't know how long he was there, but it took him years. Some said that he even knew Cleopatra, who ruled over Egypt. Been at this a long time. And he earned this title. And he loved the praise and the adoration. He's not going to take this news laying down. And they're troubled. What do you think this is setting forth? I think it's like when God comes to a sinner and he makes himself known and shows you who the king is. You think you're king, but you're not. And you'll get troubled. You'll be confused. You say, well, that ain't what everyone told me. They told me it was up to my decision, up to my will. Why are they troubled? Why are they fearful? Why are they confused? Because an evil conscience is full of fear. What if this news is true? They're troubled because they fear threatened. I remember when they wanted our Lord the scribes and the Pharisees wanted our Lord killed. You know what they were worried about? That Rome would come and take away their citizenship or whatever. They, that's what they were worried about. To think that he, he's alive. He is born, and they believed it. These men were full of joy in searching for the king. When they come to Jerusalem... It's like nobody knows and nobody cares to know who this one that is born. They don't care and they don't want to know. They were filled with anxiety and terror. If Herod, they knew if Herod got wind of this, they knew what this man was like. We're going to see in a little bit, we, well, we didn't read down that far. You know that when, when he found out that the, the, the wise men went back another way and didn't come back and tell him what the, who they found and where they found him, he said, I'm going to send my soldiers. He said, you go down there in that town of Bethlehem, and I want you to kill every child two years old and under. They knew that's what kind of man this was. It's really a miracle when these men come seeking our Lord seeking to see where he was. It's a miracle Herod didn't have him killed. That's what kind of man he was. Men today are filled with anxiety and terror. They are troubled. Their soul is in trouble. They are bound to this so-called king by their self-interest. If he gets wind of this, you know what? He'll make it hard on us. You know, in that sad state to live in, living in constant fear. Don't make the king mad. 
You don't want to make him mad. We know what he does when he gets mad. Men, because of their depraved nature, they think, like this man did, they are king. They are troubled because they live, and men live in constant, constant fear. Nobody's rejoicing. You imagine how these men feel. They didn't, you know, they had something tried to imagine. How will it be when we get there? Everybody probably be rejoicing that the king is born. Oh, no. It's like nobody cares. No one cares. (laughs) They don't know. He don't know anything, and they don't. If they did, they didn't tell it. What does the king do? He calls these men who studied the scriptures. He says, Jeffrey, do you know where he will be born? And they said, yes, we can take him. We can show you from the scriptures. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, he says, But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, the reason it says Bethlehem Ephrata, they were other towns called Bethlehem. This is the one, so you'll know which one he's talking about. That through, though thou be little among the thousands of the cities of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Well, they hear, these men are looking for the king of the Jews. Where is he? They said, well, he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem, which is only about 10 miles away. Why didn't anybody want to go? Why is anybody not interested in going? They're troubled. You know where he's at from the scriptures? You know where he's supposed to be born? And you won't even go look? These men come to find him. But what's amazing is the Lord gave them more light. They say he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem? Yeah, Bethlehem. Why? Because God decreed it. They are quite sure where he's to be born. What does this mean? Men can have a head knowledge of Scripture and have no desire to worship him. They know where he's at. They know where he's preached. They know where he's exalted, but no, we're just, we're so troubled. They, wasn't, they were so troubled, they wouldn't trouble themselves to go and find out for themselves. You know, you can become so accustomed to the gospel that you can become gospel-hardened to it. Oh, just to have a head knowledge. And the constant temptation of trusting in our head knowledge and won't submit to the will of God. Why was Herod troubled? Wicked hearts dread nothing so much as fulfilling as the fulfilling of the scriptures. You mean all those prophecies are fulfilled? Yes. Where he was to be born? Yes. Why is he born? He's king. They thought the king ought to be born in Jerusalem. That's where the king reigned. He's not born there. He's born in Bethlehem. 
in that little small out of the place, out of the out of the out of the way place. A man that is troubled, I thought, will do things secretly. So he calls these wise men and he asks them, How long ago has it been since you've seen the star? The man said, Two years, three years. You know why he's trying to determine? how old the child will be. They know he's born in Bethlehem, but they don't know where. Herod is not open about his fears and his jealousy against the one that is born. He's tricking them. He's pretending. Sinners are often tormented with secret fears, which they keep to themselves. He never let on that he wanted to kill the Son of God. He pretends to love him. He said, I'm going to send you down there to Bethlehem. How does he expect them to find him? He said, and when you find him, you come back and tell me word. And here's how he tried to cover up what he was doing because I want to worship him. Men try to cover up what they're doing by the religion. He never wanted to worship him. He wanted, he meant to kill him. What Herod did did not look suspicious to these men. These men think that he's genuine, that he's sincere. I want to come worship him. And you notice these magi, they were deceived. They didn't question Herod. He deceived them. He, he, he really, well, what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go and we're going to find him. And what we're going to do, we're going to come back and tell Herod because this man wants to worship the real king. No, he doesn't. That's how men pretend in religion. They pretend to want to worship God, but they really don't. If in religion, when they really find out that he's king and he's sitting on the throne, if they could, they'd jerk him off the throne. But they pretend, don't they, under religion? Pretenders. Someone said, as simple people, they were no match for Herod and told him, told him all that he asked without suspicion. And they go and they leave him to go look for the child quite convinced that they'll find him. Like I said, they're going to the town. They know he's in the town, but how are you going to find him? How are you going to know which house he's in? How are you going to know how old he is? How how are you going to know when you see him? How are you going to know when you meet this one that he's the king of the Jews? How are you going to know this? They didn't much more than I I can see. You know, they have these questions in their mind. They didn't much more than leave Herod and there's the star. And it said their hearts rejoiced. Right when they needed the star, he sent it to them. And you know where that star is going to take them? 
to the very place where the Son of God's at. Whatever the star can represent, it can represent a preacher, it can represent the scriptures. It won't go beyond Christ. It stopped right over where that house was at. And you know there were humans, this, the king born in this house, and it probably wasn't much of a house. They're not in a barn because as soon as Joseph could, he would have found a place for them to live, and they probably couldn't leave because they didn't have the money to leave. They're poor, and they're here. And that star brought them to Christ. I pray God sends the star or his spirit to bring you to himself. When they left, it said they departed. When, they, when you leave religion, you depart from it. And we're going to see they won't be back. The star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Means you see that? It's not moving. This must be the place. When they saw the star, they rejoiced. What are they going to do? They're not standing there looking at the star. It served its purpose. It's brought them to Christ, and they're not standing there trying to figure it out. Why, why, why did it just show up now? They went in, and what did they see? It said they saw a young child with his mother. He may have been sitting there on Mary's lap. We don't know how old. It doesn't matter. The shepherds saw a babe in a manger. The wise men saw a babe sitting on his mother's lap. And they know who he is. This is him. You imagine after all that searching. This is him. How did they know this was him? He don't have a halo around his head. Murray don't have a halo around her head. The same way you know who he is. Having not seen you love. <laughs> and what did they do? They fell down on their face and worshipped him. And they presented unto them gifts. Gifts they brought from where they were at, from gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I know those things mean many things, but the one that always blesses my heart is the gold. Why the gold? In just a little while, Mary and Joseph's going to have to take a trip to Egypt to save themselves and the child because the angel tells them to go to Egypt. How are they going to pay for that trip? How are they going to live? How are they going to take care of this child? There's probably not a carpenter shop there that doesn't say where Joseph's been working for this time. The Lord brings them this gold to live on, to take care of his son. Okay, they come, they worship him, and they present their gifts, their offerings, their sacrifices. What are they going to do now? 
Well, Herod, Herod told us, what we're going to do now, men? Well, Herod told us we need to come back and tell him. He, he wants to come down here and worship him. We've seen him. We know we can tell him where he's, where he's at. We can tell him what house he's on. We can tell him what street he's on. But then it said, let me find it. Let me see. Okay. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. They were warned. Don't you go back to that man. I'm here to give you a warning. Don't ever go back to religion. It's deceptive. They think they king. They think they rule. And they were warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, and they departed into their own country another way. Someone said, when you come to Christ, when he brings you to Christ, you'll go home a different way. They didn't come back through Jerusalem. They went around it. And you know what they're taking with them? We've seen the king. This is not hearsay. I could see them. They may, they, their wives and stuff may have been waiting on them to come back home. They go, did you find him? Yeah. Are they excited? Well, sure they are. He's king. He's alive. He came into this world, was born took upon himself human flesh to die in the place of his people. And he sure read to put away our sin, past, present, and future. They're all gone. Why? Because he came. As the king, he conquered. He conquered. And Herod, when he realized he's been mocked, men don't like to be mocked. They didn't come back and tell me. Who do they think they are? If he'd have found them, he'd have killed them. He says, I'll go down there and I'll kill every child. I can't imagine having a child that was destroyed by that king. It talks about Rachel weeping for her children. Let me ask you a question. Are you troubled about your soul? Does it trouble you to know that Christ reigns? He came into this world to save sinners. Is your conscience troubled? Do you rejoice that Christ is king? Or do you resent it? Are you confused? You know, as I thought about this word troubled, I looked up a few scriptures do you know the disciples, when they were out in the boat that day or that night, the storm came. And they saw him coming, and they were troubled. They said one of the disciples saw him walking on the sea, and we all would have been. They were troubled and saying, it is the Spirit, and they cried out for fear. But they didn't have any reason, Danny, to be troubled. He said, it is I, be not Afraid. And then he says in Matthew 24, verse 6, You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. Did you hear that? 
You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. You remember when he came to those on, you think about this, on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24. Their hearts were sorrowful. And he said, why are you troubled? And why do these thoughts arise in your heart? Why are you troubled? And why do these thoughts arise in your heart? You know what they were troubled about? They didn't know he was alive. They didn't believe the news. They didn't believe the scriptures. And he took and showed them from the scriptures that he was the Christ. In John 7, 14, let not your heart be troubled. Will you believe in God? Believe also in me, he said, in my Father's house there's many mansions. He said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you, he's your king and he's your Lord and you've bowed to him, you don't have any, any reason to be troubled. Troubled. Let me read you a few more. In Daniel chapter 5, there was this man who was the ruler of the Babylonian kingdom. His name was Darius. He doesn't think he has a trouble in the world. And while they're all getting drunk, his daddy is the one who come and take, destroyed the temple and carried away the vessels and put them in with their treasury. And this man, he's drunk. He's, he's not thinking real clear. He says, go get them vessels. These vessels are set apart for God. He said, go get them. We're going to drink our wine and stuff that up. And he don't think he has a trouble in the world. He thinks he's king. But listen, it says in the same hour, Daniel 5, verse 5, came forth the fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were, new, were loosed and his knees knocked together. Why? His thoughts now trouble him. This man is in trouble. I've done something. I thought I was king. You know what God's getting ready to do? He's getting ready to remove this king. We don't know what happened to Herod the Great, but more than likely he didn't live too long. The Lord could have took him out. I know one Herod in Acts chapter 12, he was eaten up with worms. And here in verse Daniel 5 verse 9, Nobody can't interpret what this says. What is this writing on the wall? None of the wise, none of the wise men of Babylon can interpret it. None of these men from the east can interpret it. What does all this mean? I'm troubled about it. What does all this mean that's going on in the world? I'm troubled about it. You've been weighed in the balance, and you've been found wanting. Before morning, you'll be a dead man. 
Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and his lords were astoned. They were astonished. What just happened to the king? God spoke to him. It was Nebuchadnezzar, then his son. And you know, while he's reading this, the Medes and the Persians are drying up the river that run under the wall, and they're going to come marching up under the wall, and they're going to kill this man. You know, then who's going to reign? The Medes and the Persians. But what about this king who thought he was something? If you ever see, as the old saying goes, the handwriting on the wall, and you don't know him, a man has every right to be troubled. I hope that's a help. And I'm encouraged to know that those that God has chosen, his redeemed, his elected, he's going to bring every one of them, they're going to come. No matter the distance, no matter the cost, 